Okay, fair enough. Take two? Yes, take two, please. Welcome back to the Key in the Light podcast, the premier whiskey podcast, now with a mention of whiskey in its title. Hi, this is Jake coming live from Lakeview East, Chicago, Illinois, sitting in my dining room with two lovely gentlemen that are favorite guests of the podcast. Well, one is favored, one just shows up quite a bit. Hello. Matt Brown, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. I'm, I can recording. tell you really are. You, I can tell this in your voice. It's very sincere. Do you want to introduce our other guest? Or, yeah. Yeah, go for it. What? Man. Wow, it's tough. I am Putting him on the really, spot. really not doing well so far on this record. Do, we, uh, do you want to sit back and prepare yourself for maybe. all of your genius notes I was, before we introduce? I was so normal mm. leading up to you asking me if I wanted to do the intro, and I just broke down. I just crumbled. I think you should put the bride squad hat like, on. <laughs> like a... <laughs> Like a house of cards just coming, tumbling. Oh, now I feel much better. There you go. I put on the bride squad hat, and I'm welcoming my fellow guest, Chris Blantner, to the <laughs> recording. Welcome, Thank you very welcome, much, Chris. Matt. Thank you, Jake, as always, for uh, having me as a guest. Absolutely. Anytime. We are here in the very beginning of September, which is Bourbon Heritage Month. So we have a guy on that works for a bourbon distillery that produces other things as well. Yes. <laughs> And a guy that has bourbon in his Instagram handle and uh, seems to embody mostly everything bourbon. So, uh, Chris and Matt, glad you're here. Glad you're hanging out in my dining room instead of my basement, as usual. Yeah, what's the deal with that? Uh, I just didn't want to go, go down the stairs today. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, I've been up and down them a lot. Um, Those are tricky to navigate sometimes. The former producer of the podcast, former Beam Centauri employee of the podcast, is not here this weekend. So, oh. yeah. Yeah. Just the boys. Just the boys. Yeah, we don't have those beam bucks anymore. Ooh, mm. interesting. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <coughs> well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we wanted to talk about bourbon here to celebrate Bourbon Heritage Month. I just realized, too, this is the 150th episode of the podcast. Oh, oh well, is it a milestone? Oh, I sure think that's is. A 150 is a milestone. Yeah, <laughs> breaking off another 50. That's that's big time. I was yeah. going to, uh, the last podcast we re-released was just me by myself. And the one with a guest, I think was, I don't even know who the last guest in the podcast was, but it's been a while since I recorded with other people. We took a little mm-hmm. bit of a break there as I was gallivanting across sure. America. Sure. You finally got that peanut butter unstuck from the top, from the roof of your mouth. So you're able to enunciate again. Yeah. That was a rough little while, huh? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> we all we all thought it'd be funny if we give you gave you a little bit of peanut butter, see if you would talk funny, you know. I actually did have a bunch of peanut butter before you came. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm talking about right now. Okay. Oh, uh, you're boy. You're blowing it, Matt. We're really. You're blowing we're it. Really if we have any, if we have any, if you have any new guests listening for the first time, they've already turned uh, off. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Let's hold on. Let's take check three. back in a, no. in a minute. Welcome or so. to yeah. Key in the Lake Matt, podcast, maybe you can the, get the best whiskey podcast now with whiskey in its name. I'm Matt Brown, you're, and you're... welcoming you as always to the podcast that I host. Me. So there was talk of you doing a podcast Urban on the Keen the Lake network. Oh yes. What was your idea oh. for that? I don't can't remember. It was after like we did five episodes total. Yeah. And I, there was gonna already gonna be a spin off of oh, uh, Matt Brown. After like I did this, people were all our rep friends were like, So I have an idea for a podcast. I'm like, all right, let's do it. But no one ever actually did anything <laughs> or recorded it. Yeah. Harrison Pius was gonna do a podcast live from like the scenes of being a, a rep, and I'm like well, how are you going to record that? He's like, on my phone. I'm like, that sounds like a really great idea. Yeah. Um, we didn't go there. But, Matt, you brought some gifts along with you. Yeah. 
Oh, man, I'm trying to remember the idea that I had for a podcast. I don't remember either. Yeah. Well, it's lost the time. Soccer podcast? No. Oh. No, probably whiskey related, but then uh, you basically do it. So why would I want to muddy the waters? It's a good question. And I can and I, and I don't have any responsibility on there's this room one. I could just pop a, up and there's be There's more room for podcasts out there. Yeah, you there's think only so? like not 1. every 1.5 billion of <laughs> Not true. everyone just has find one your yet. niche. I am surprised Chris doesn't have a podcast yet. Well, I I mean, kind of do. Yeah, I consider some of the stuff I do, you know, on on the gram to be mm-hmm. somewhat uh, podcast like. Um, you know, with um, definitely, you have your it, it, it's basically you basically have your own talk show, essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, with some of the interviews that I've done, which I haven't done in, I was gonna in ask quite you. some time, but yeah. uh, I do have um, at least one coming up here in uh, Bourbon Heritage Month. Oh, nice. um, I'm going to, I think it'll be the third time that he'll be on. Um, Dixon Deadman, uh, formerly of mm-hmm. Kentucky Owl. Oh, um, formerly, huh? Yeah, they sold yeah. it off, right? He oh, sold, I didn't know he didn't go with it. No, he did for a period of time and uh, just parted ways, I think, within the last few months um, mm-hmm. officially and is doing his own thing. And hopefully he'll talk a little bit more about what he's up to sure. when we talk. Um, incredible I, name. Yes, Dixon he does Deadman. have it. Is a, is an incredible name. Yeah. Um, I think name Dixon is for... actually his middle name. Oh. I think uh, he goes by his middle name mm-hmm. like many uh, Southern gentlemen tend to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I think his first name is Samuel, actually. Samuel um, don't Dixon. Don't quote me on that. Good. But, That's uh, also yeah, a good still, name. It's Samuel also Dixon a, a nice uh, yeah. Southern name. It sounds presidential. Yes, it does. And uh, maybe some other things in the works as well for uh, Bourbon Heritage Month. Um, but I've kind of taken, kind of st- stopped doing the interviews just mm-hmm. because it was just kind of a lot at times to just do on my own and all the research and coming up with the questions and everything. So I kind of just took a break. Tell me about it. <clears throat> yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that's honestly, it was one reason why... I, we didn't release a podcast for like two weeks, I think. And a lot of it just had to do with people, schedules not aligning up right, me traveling, and then relying on other people to get things done That's that good. just didn't get done. So here we are um, a few weeks later, but I'm glad we can uh, have this conversation to begin Bourbon Heritage Month. I feel like it's not as big as a... It's not as hyped up as it's been in years past on the old Instagram, and maybe that's because of Hurricane Ida and... Some of the other things happening across the world, but um, and there's typically in-person events right. going on yeah. all month, and that, yeah. yeah, there's there there are not. No, are you guys doing anything? No, not we, really. We we're doing like some some, some tastings, uh, mm. but no no big events. I have some stuff coming up, but yeah. Um, are you doing um, whiskey and barrel night? I'm not. No. Okay. Whiskey X. That's the no whiskey and barrel night is the Chicago Tribune. No, uh, sponsored thing. That's, that's in February, I think. That's a different thing. Yeah, it's like it is called Barrel Night. I think that's it's called, called Barrel Night. Yeah, yeah, but there's whiskey and Barrel Night is, um, uh, just its own events that they travel across the country and do. Oh yeah, we don't do anything like that. I've seen you at events. <laughs> well, we don't. We don't do many of the like touring. Like whiskey. the whiskeys of the world. Yeah, we, we did don't. That before, we, well, whiskeys of the world is Benny's thing, right? No, that's, that's the a, world of whiskeys, right? Oh. 
I'm so losing many events. I, I'm like being cagey and weird. And now I can't whiskey extravaganza. I can't get the names right. I'm really uh, re- it, regretting. Are you opinion. having that issue though? Like even with going to see buyers and bartenders that you haven't seen in a while, or people who've switched positions and obviously wearing a mask, all that. It mm-hmm. it does seem that it. It's hard to remember everybody's names. It's hard to remember everybody's titles, um, even event titles for that matter. Yeah, I've never really uh, cared much about event <laughs> titles, so there's that problem. So nothing was really imprinting on it on my brain, mm. but. Uh, with uh with seeing buyers and stuff i i just um it, it's always important to just um be super responsible by using people people's time wisely right i think you know and no 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 more so important now and i just trying to kind of get in and out and and not bother people too much and and with the mask thing um you know, it, well, you're it, a mask denier, so it is harder to read people when I'm when I'm wearing the mask over my eyes, like across my eyes, as like a political statement. You know, like <laughs> or like a sleeping mask. Like when I go out, when I go out in my sleeping mask, um, it is kind of hard to read people. Um, so I do tend to touch their face a lot to kind of see what their reaction is. Um, do you feel like you don't express yourself? I get a lot of frowns. Like, I get a lot of frowns when I'm touching their face. Hmm. Uh, so I don't think people are too pleased to see me. Okay. Um, but what was your question, Jake? Do you feel like you, uh, honestly though, um, this is a serious question. Oh, do you boy. feel like your personality can't be expressed with a mask? Cause like we, I would say we both have more engaging personalities. Um, there is nothing that will stop my personality <laughs> from coming out. I've been trying to suppress different facets of it for my entire life. And uh, no, it's going to it's gonna come out um, no matter what. All right. I have a question for actually for both of you, mm. Matt. You Something struck me that you said. Um, you said using people's time, you know, yeah. properly. What about your time, though? Like, do you feel like... I'm just trying to see this from your guys' perspective as the one trying to move the product into whatever establishment. I understand like you have to get someone's time in order to go into a place and present or, you know, just have a conversation with them about your product. Mm. But how do you feel about, you know, you don't want to waste their time, but sometimes don't you feel like they're wasting your time as well? Because they grant maybe they say yeah come go ahead come on in and then they're not present or they're oh, yeah. or they're you know I mean people just, just quite frankly people just say they're going to be places where they're not quite often yeah especially in restaurants and bars and uh yeah it, it's frustrating i've whined about it a lot in the past and ultimately like unfortunately that's the job yeah. you know i mean they're you know uh, weird weirdly enough i've always been like very like uh like sensitive to power dynamics like in my life or whatever mm-hmm. and i think the you just kind of have to give up give it up to yourself like yeah. the cards are in their hands the customers ultimately mm-hmm. just like um they can stock their bar or restaurant or a liquor store with everything that they like and they think is cool mm-hmm. and it may mean absolute diddly squat at the end because if people aren't buying what they like you know what i'm saying so yeah yeah ultimately they're they're the customer i just kind of 
ha- have to go with it, which sucks. Um, I mean, it does. I can play up for pity later, you know. Like, <laughs> hey man, I've been, <laughs> I've been here four times. Aren't you ready to make some money with some Blum Brothers things? Mm-hmm. But um, not often. I will say, uh, you know, ultimately. Speaking of playing like a pity card or whatever, I was kidding about that. A lot of people do go in, a lot of salesmen do go into accounts and like have a tone or a mindset that they're like asking for a favor or something. Hmm. Uh, I feel like it's super important if there are any other reps out there or whatever, make sure that you're going in with the mindset of like you have an idea that will make the buyer money because that's what it comes down to at the end of end of the day. And that's the kind of like uh, vibe I really try to get off. I like that. You know? Yeah. That's actually a really good attitude, I think, to have. Yeah. I have, uh, when I'm going into account I and you're the buyer, Chris, I'm thinking, I have something for you, Chris. I'm not thinking like, Chris, can you do, I hope Chris can do something for me. Because yeah. that's that's losing. That's, yeah, I mean, I like you that. can't do that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're you don't want to come in with more set of problems. You come in as like you're no. a problem solver. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Have you found it more difficult? I know I personally have without doing, uh, not having the availability of in-store tastings. Um, in majority of accounts, there are still oh, yeah. some accounts that are doing them, but breaking that ice because it is one thing you can always offer a retailer. Um, absolutely. It's like hey, like I'll support you in store tastings once a month. It's or our currency. Twice a month. Right. It's our currency. You right. know, for sure that that sucks, quite frankly. Yeah. Like, you know, that's really, um, yeah. I mean, that, like you said, that's, uh, that's huge. Yeah. It's rough. Um, getting new accounts in general are, are rough. It is right now. Yeah. Uh, ju- less people are willing to take a risk on new, things. take a risk on new things. They want to be able to just kind of deliver the product that, and not, not step out, just try to deliver the product and go I, home. I think safely. we are starting to get past though, the big brands are the ones making all the money over COVID. Like, Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because yeah. we were sitting there where everyone's looking at whiskey sales and they're like up 50%. Well, it's like craft sales are down 38%. Yeah. yeah. It's like, yes, whiskey overall is doing great um, as a category of whiskey. But when it comes to individual brands, small brands, world brands, mm-hmm. Everyone else is going down in sales in the U.S. Yeah. No, we're actually, uh, so far in 2021, we've rebounded the 2021 numbers just mm. about. I mean, I, we would love to be able to put a few units over that or whatever, but right. ultimately you don't put a percentage in the bank. Like I can tout like a 5% increase or whatever, but as long as we're putting money in the bank and that that rules, you know? Being and in- Georgia's doing great. Like the other markets oh, yeah. are doing good, yeah. so... You know? I think there's like, yeah, we're both in Tennessee, for example. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of growth there for small brands. Yep. Um, for some reason, their state has a lot of allocations for like the bigger guys and for mm. distilleries that aren't in Tennessee. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if it's some sort of like rival between Kentucky and Tennessee and Indiana huh. and Tennessee. I, I don't know. I have no I have no insight to that whatsoever. It was just a, something I, per, I don't know, I guess I picked up on while being down there um, a few weeks ago. But there are stores and retailers and bars willing to take on newer brands, smaller brands, because uh, they have the giant guys in their state. For, yeah. But they also want to focus on, uh, they're really supportive of, like, of the local craft scene happening there um, as well. Yeah. The, you know, there's um, a much, m- in, in Tennessee and Georgia, uh, my working theory is that there's just much of a, much more of a 
drinking at home culture uh, versus a whiskey bar culture because they don't really have a ton of like whiskey bars. You know, I was talking to a friend who lives in Nashville, grew up in Alabama. Um, and he, we were talking about this same thing and he was like, yeah, you know, like a bar for us, like Southern dudes is where you go and listen to a band and like drink beer and get drunk. It's not like a really a place that you'll like it's sit true. down for a while and have a cocktail and try a new whiskey. So I wonder if that's a big part of it too. Mm. Um, could be. Yeah. Yeah, the at-home culture for drinking obviously grew over COVID. We've spoken about it a lot, how we thought the bar was kind of moving into the living room, the cocktail bar, yeah. before that, just because... Ooh. Yeah, I have an interesting I have an interesting uh, thing that I just read today for you guys. Oh, please. So Share it up, baby. I, oh, I will. The C- uh, CGA, which is like a marketing company, uh, um, a, a market watch uh, company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just released uh, some data. They pulled a bunch of people, and over 75% of people are visiting on-premise, either restaurant or bars, as much as they did before the pandemic, if not more. Hmm. That's pretty wild. I was very surprised to read that, and only 15% of those people that they pulled said they were going to uh, on-premise places much less than they were before the pandemic. Really? Yeah, I found that. Do you think it's more like a support local cause or people just wanting to get outside? I think, I don't think any of us can underestimate the effect. I almost said trick. The effect that the vaccine has had on our like. (laughs) The trick. You know, like, well, I mean, it's not, it's the vaccine is not a trick. Like the vaccine works. But at the same time. The vaccine, the the prevalence of the vaccine, which still isn't great. People still need to get vaccinated. But uh, brought to you by Pfizer. It brought to you by Pfizer. Your partner in health. Um, I work for Pfizer now. Did you know that? <laughs> I sell their whiskey. <laughs> Didn't they? <laughs> Pfizer bros. Um, but I. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it just like. It, it it gave the um a lot of people the uh the notion that the pandemic was over and I think mm, a lot of totally. marketing too played into that and it's not yeah I wonder where those people probably were pulled be, yeah to be honest because yeah I feel like there's certain states that never really shut down in the first place um, yeah maybe like one where all the governors and their weirdo wives and plastic doll people were signing abortion bills with 100 people in a small room without masks oh on my gosh but yeah that's a different story um to get to later on in a different podcast maybe what do you think matt yeah you okay. want to be on my uh, <laughs> i almost said your civil li- civil liberties podcast my abortion podcast God, that would have been so bad. I'm glad I didn't say it. Well, I'm you glad did, I'm talking you did about say it. Now. it. Yeah. Uh, my uh, my healthcare rights. Right. Podcast. Well, what do you, what have you noticed about? I mean, we had 30 people in a bar the other night for an event, yeah. and people were pretty excited to be there. Um, Chris was just taking go ahead a leak. And pour, so. Go ahead and pour that water <laughs> in that glass right by the Sorry microphone. Uh, wouldn't be the first time on the Key in the Late podcast. The per- but yeah, we I mean, we had people that were super excited to be out. Yes. Uh, stayed afterwards for a couple hours. It felt like mm-hmm. sung some karaoke. I did karaoke twice. Yep, yep. I did two song, two songs in karaoke. Yeah, and that event sold out in days. Yeah, I think that people are getting used to the fact it's not just 
not just that um not just that quote unquote the pandemic is over but that this is the changes that we're seeing now to their day-to-day life are just going to persist mm-hmm. you know for for probably se- several years you know and i i hung out in that bar the Wearing a mask uh, and then and singing karaoke in a mask. You were singing karaoke you know? in a mask, and it was uh, with no one fun. around you either. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, um, I mean, doing the same things, just maybe a little less convenient that they were, and that'll mm. probably be what our lives are going to be like for a while. Yeah, hopefully you know? it does persist um, for us. Hopefully we don't roll back anyway. Um, as governors and mayors dangle their power in front of us about what they can do, but. I like to remain optimism because I like to have a job and part of that yeah. job is going to bars and restaurants and talking about whiskey and selling yeah. whiskey um, and having delicious cocktails and drinking delicious whiskey, Matt, which I just drank one of yours that you oh, brought did here. You? Yeah. Yes. I, have we talked about this on we the old no. thing podcast? This no, we haven't, fangled, this we haven't talked about it since uh, GNS market. You guys want to, you guys want to try some, some of this bourbon? I already did. Okay. So it's uh blunt I, brothers, uh, distilling company, old fangled, uh finish in madeira barrels so this was um six uh 12 year old mgp barrels super i feel like we've talked about this before but i'm gonna repeat to myself i was at a tasting you were at not on the podcast i don't think so let's roll back the tape when's the last time you're in the podcast march 2021 hey yeah this is a blum brother (laughs) is that when it came out old fangled nodder bourbon something like that hmm Anyways, um, so as you saw in that recording, Jake, that we just played mm-hmm. back, I talked about it already. Six 12-year-old MGP barrels, okay. uh, super dry, but not like pencil lead dry, just like a reasonable level of like I'm glad it doesn't taste dryness. like lead. Yeah, I mean, we've all had those very dry older barrels that are just like yeah. too woody. So not super blown out, but six. Um, How old are they now? 12 years old. Okay. thought 13 for some reason. Uh, that was the, the very last, um, batch of regular 12 year old, old fangled, okay. 13 years old. Um, definitely had that classic, uh, MGP minerality to it. Um, we dumped them all out and then we put them back, put all that whiskey back into four, uh, Madeira barrels. So, um, bourbon finished in wine barrels never been something that i paid a lot of attention to mm-hmm. and i think the few that i've had had kind of like a peanut butter and jelly kind of thing to them which hmm. i do not care for hmm. what i like about the madeira finish old bengaled is that um it it has uh it has a fresher fruity yeah. to it which i dig just kind of um really like uh, a bouquet of fruits. Uh, yes, a full bouquet of fruits available for your palate that uh, really counteract that dryness. Well, why did you... Is this the first whiskey you guys have finished in a wine barrel? No, the first bourbon, perhaps, that we've really tried with... Well, no, we did cognac finish. We've done we've done a, a variety of finishes before. Okay. Um. We thought that the barrels that we got, the Madeira barrels, just kind of lended itself to the bourbon. Where, do you know where you sourced the Madeira barrels? No. No. But from the same broker that we've gotten, oh. Pedro Jimenez, Sherry Barrels, and Cognac, and 
we've gotten a number of number of cool stuff from them. Hmm. Was there any certain reason to use Madeira barrels? For fun. It's fun, yeah. yeah. I didn't know if there was a, a flavor they were trying to pull out of it or hoping they'd um, extract, but we more, were, around, more or less probably just playing around. Yeah, we were using the very scientific process mm. of... Um, trial and error. Trial and error. <laughs> Sounds about right. And uh, hoping stuff is good. Yeah. <laughs> Um, which is so far uh, proved uh, successful for us. Yeah, because you wonder, model. I mean, so these are some really great honey barrels that you got guys found from MGP or mm-hmm. turned out to be that way. Yeah. And I guess a lot of people would say like, well, why would you mess with it? Great question. Yeah. That's Thank not, you. I, ultimately, we can not mess with stuff and um, kind of just like play nice with everything we could have put all of these out as single barrels and probably made a whole lot of money but mm-hmm. that's not our in our that's you not guys don't DNA, really do single barrels DNA. do you we we haven't in a in a long time we just we need to know that the barrel the single barrels we put out are going to be like really 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 good right, <laughs> yeah. right we just have to be that that confident with what we're putting should out. should we do a keen and lake blum brothers single barrel nah okay. but um so <laughs> I think that the especially for how successful our our uh, first like run of the single barrel program was the worst thing one of the worst things we could do for our brand right now was is put out a bad single barrel. That's a good point. You know, it, it has to be exemplary. It has to, I think, really shine a light on what the brand is. Yeah, but it has to taste it. It has to follow the consistencies of the core product, mm-hmm. but has to outshine it at the same time. Yeah, it has to prove like why it exists. Right, right, right. Because I, know? I, I, I personally have our single barrels uh, samples of of some where you're like, I don't know if this deserves to be a single barrel. Is it unique and different compared to our core offering? Yeah. Yes, but is it something someone's going to buy 230 bottles of? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we have like MGP rye barrels at the distillery, and we pulled samples. I think we, me and Mike, tried five of them last month, mm. and like three of them were like, okay, yeah, that's MGP rye, like instantly forgettable. Yeah. So, and two of them were right. interesting. And but your rye is very unique. Questionable. Their rye or you, our this was the MGP I know, rye. I know your rye. Oh yes, is a very unique flavor and characteristic to it. Yeah, very our very, very polarizing at that event. <laughs> oh my god! Why do they? Usually that's a crowd favorite. They really didn't like that rye. Like one girl's just like, "This is my least favorite of the six we've had tonight." I'm like, huh. all right, cool, fine, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I did threaten to um, hit the emergency exit if anyone said it. Usually at the uh, at the Jake's a very good host for these uh, like uh, private events and like tastings because he talks about you know how it's important to you know come to this with an open mind and try stuff and like there are no wrong answers and i almost always undercut him by going second and saying that's very nice but i have an incredibly thin ego i have i have a really really thin skin so if anyone uh, says anything bad about blum brothers whiskeys i am going to freak out <laughs> and i threatened to pull a fire alarm to uh, ruin the night if anyone didn't like uh, our whiskeys. You should have. I should have. But then I was, yeah, I was gonna, I was threatening to push the exit on that fire door. Yeah. And then someone who worked at uh, just walked out. Just of walked there. out of there. <laughs> I noticed that. Got an undercut. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah, so we, were, we uh, that event. We were doing a blind whiskey tasting, like we've done on our virtual tasting. Yeah. So we did it in person for this first time. Um, it was it, surprisingly less accessible to be engaging with individual people 
um, which is very strange. I never would say that about the virtual platform versus in person. I would always think in person would kind of prevail. Well, they can talk to each other. Right. That's a problem. There are a lot of side conversations going on. And that that's too, a good I forgot. Thing. That's great. Which is good. Yeah. But also, I forgot about that too. And I was like, wow, it's kind of hard to capture it. Right. So I, I walk right. around and be like, like everyone's attention like on, on a screen. Right. right. Like listening to you. But it allows that that opportunity for them to engage with each other, which is awesome. And yeah. people that aren't even in the. I love, what I love about the People's Club is that it's people that are strangers sitting at the same table together. Um, so like you might've come as a couple with your girlfriend mm-hmm. and they might've come as a couple with their boyfriend, but now you're sitting at a table with new people, almost like yeah. you're at a wedding. What a nightmare. But you're forced it. Yeah. What a, yeah. what a nightmare. I mean, personally. Yeah. That's awesome that people are brave enough to make yeah. friends that way. Yeah. Uh, but that seems absolutely terrifying to me. That's because you have your own little small bubble in your basement <laughs> by yourself with your child and your banjo. Yeah, I need to play that thing more often. No, you really don't. Okay. I wouldn't worry about that. But it was, it was. The dynamic was way different than online. Um, did you think it was successful? I thought it was. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. I think uh, um, engaging with an audience like that is always good. Because that's kind of what I wanted to do down in New Orleans before Bourbon Festival was sadly oh, yeah. Yeah. postponed. I was going to be there. Yeah. And I, wanted, I was, I was going to rent an Airbnb. And I was like, let's just do tastings together and hang out if, you know, outside of the events, um, if we had time to do so and just try stuff and do take everything we've done online for the last almost two years, which is fucking crazy that it's been that long um, since COVID hit. And before that, because it was winter and that was a way to engage with people that uh, we could actually finally do those in person. But um, unfortunately, that's not going to happen for a, a bit. I think any time you can like be in front of a group like that, like mm-hmm. you, you can tell you can tell me too, Chris. Like you can't unknow something really. You can forget something, but if you see if you see someone like be excited about talking about a bottle, it's really really hard to forget that mm-hmm. logo. <laughs> you totally. know, it's impossible I, to get that out of your head. So, uh, absolutely. And those, I think those events and seeing you know people like you guys representing the brands and and talking enthusiastically about about the brand makes a huge 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 impact on someone um, just thinking back over you know the past year and a half and interactions that I've had whether it was in person or online and and seeing the enthusiasm from someone talking about you know whatever it is that you're drinking mm-hmm. You have such a stronger connection, I think, to that particular brand and product because of that. That's why I think it's been so huge for the brands that have embraced that, you know, that aspect of reaching out to people during the pandemic, doing the virtual stuff and when when they can doing the uh, in-person stuff, because honestly, I think those make the biggest impact and create like this kind of domino effect for the brand. Mm -hmm. I go and tell someone about it and I'm talking about enthusiastically because Mm -hmm. Matt, you were Jake, you were, and Mm -hmm. then they pass it on to someone and it just, it creates this huge effect beyond even that, 
event. Well, you're mentioning it before we turned the microphones on at Leo's yesterday. You're talking to a rep about what they had in their portfolio and then telling Ken what he should purchase for the shop. Yeah. And think about that. And no like, one paid you to do it. Yeah. No brand. So like here, I need you to get in this account for me. Like Exactly. And that's because of an interaction that I had over the <laughs> over the past year and a half. Mm-hmm. And, and saying to a liquor store owner, hey, you should bring this product in. It's available here now. Put it on the shelf. Um, it's and it is the direct um, impact that someone had on me mm-hmm. during one of those events. It's yeah. huge. And it goes back to twenty months ago, just downstairs. What we were talking about, arguing about. Not twenty months ago. Eight months ago. Yeah, that wasn't a year and a half ago. That was eight months ago. Mm-hmm. Never mind. Yeah, yeah. Only eight months ago. The, now it, who's crazy? It seems <laughs> like Jake is the madman of the podcast. I, now. I am. I Hi, do, welcome I, to Matt Brown's normal podcast, Key in the Lake, the premier whiskey podcast without the mention of, with now the mention. Mm, mm. Quiet boy. Oh, oh no. Quiet Tony. I've done it again. Quiet. Don't <laughs> summon him. But I have a restraining order against Chris, him now. Do you feel fatigued? He went into my car. Shut up. And he was taking Shut my up. coins. Shut up. Out of the cup holder. <laughs> Great. Here, have a have a quarter. Ooh. Do you feel fatigue from social media over the last year and a half? Hey, you got that coin? <laughs> Jake, just look at your coin. Can I have that one? No. Tony, don't make me tell the judge. That's not a judge. That's one of your dogs. Stop. Okay. <laughs> fatigue. Um, yeah, I totally feel it. Um I'm having major social media fatigue, like right now, actually. Same. And and for, seriously, for probably the past five, six months, it's mm. it, it has become a lot just, you know, trying to, you know, stay, stay current with, with things that are going on. And, um, and honestly, and I'm not saying this, like, I'm not anybody but mm-hmm. like I get a lot of people reaching out, wanting to send products, wanting, you know, access to things that I'm doing, you know, on my Instagram page and real cool and guy so, over here. And, and sometimes, yeah, and I'm not saying that like, it's a real that thing you develop. Yeah. It's yeah. a real thing. And like, sometimes that wears me out, yeah. like mm-hmm. getting, getting those, those messages and, and like, I try to be, you know, respectful of anyone that reaches out to me and, and I try to be forthcoming and like upfront and say, yeah, you know, if someone says, Hey, we'd like you to sample a product of ours. I'm open to doing things like that, but I will, you know, I will be completely honest and say, listen, I'd love to try it, but like, there's no guarantee that I'm going to like do a post about it or, or, or say anything about it or, or whatever it may be. And at times those things can be, you know, it's great to have those opportunities to, mm-hmm. to try all these things. I'm sure there's people are going to be like, Oh, this guy, you know, woe is like, me. Yeah. yeah, woe is me. He's got all these people reaching out, wanting to send him whiskey, but no, I think you're being very <laughs> polite about it. And like, um, I, I'm good. I'll bail you out, man. That like sucks. Like, because we're all just people like, yeah, we have a persona or whatever, a bit that we do. That now we're, I'm you, filtering. You have I'm more, making you, it more yeah, about yeah, me yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, but have. like we have a thing that we're doing online that we think is cool, and 
I'm sure you just like have a full inbox sometimes. You'd be like, man, I don't want to do all these things. I want to do what Urban Bourbonist wants to do. Just this, it, it, it can be kind of a no, a, a noise sometimes of like people wanting your attention and wanting the, you know, the, the crisp bump and yeah. not like to just enjoy. I don't know if there's a crisp bump. That's the but, new podcast, the but, crisp bump. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it, it's, it's an interesting dynamic because I'm so appreciative that people recognize like the things that I'm doing with my page whether it be, you know, the interviews or or the fresh pops thing that I started doing a couple, you know, a few months back because mm-hmm. I have like these bottles <laughs> that people sent and yeah. like I don't know what to do with them. And <laughs> like I I can't like is that how it all started? That's a great idea. Yeah, so, you know, I would, you know, get a a sample or a bottle sent and I'm like I don't know what to do with with all of these, like mm-hmm. I want to be respectful of them mm-hmm. providing their product and like taking notice of what I'm doing and wanting me to try it. So I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to start this fresh yeah. pops episode. It's not all stuff that I've received from yeah. companies. A lot of is it, a lot of it is. And I will say that in the video mm-hmm. yeah. to be transparent about it. Um, so I thought I would do that as a way to kind of, get these things out there, give my like first impression of these bottles. And to be honest, like I think most whiskey's good. Yeah. Like there's not totally there's not really anything that's bad. So I can see like people watching those and being like, the guy likes everything. But <laughs> totally. I, I bet I do. Like I, I'm with you, man. I'm just pumped to be drinking whiskey. Yeah. I mean I know you do the whiskey Wednesday Wednesday reviews <laughs> well, and you yeah. say it's, it's good. good. <laughs> Because it is like I, I mean that that started as a bit because like I am like pretty easy to please and I'm just like pumped to I'm it's like going to a movie in the theaters like I'm just mm. pumped to be in the theater seeing a movie yeah which is kind of an antiquated thing now because I haven't right. been in a long time but I'm just pumped to be drinking whiskey you yeah. know we're spoiled I mean, with a lot of riches of yeah. great whiskey out there there's great whiskey out there and you know I am sometimes worried like. I am popping those bottles live on an Instagram live. It's not like a video that I did and then uploaded. Mm -hmm. So there's times where I'm worried, like, (laughs) what if I don't like this? And like, what am I, how am I going to finesse this? Because I'm not going to shit on a, on a whiskey. Like, no, I'm not going to be like, this is terrible. Um, Let's go find, but I'm also going to be, I'm also going to be honest about what I'm tasting and, and, and say like, you know, there's there's ways to say things that mm-hmm. are also not going to right. turn people away from. And what do you have to gain brand? by being a dick? Exactly. Right. Yeah. Like oh. it's a free bottle of whiskey. Like or something you went out and bought because you were do? excited yeah. about it. You know. And I there's plenty of episodes where I have purchased the bottle myself and and I'm doing a, a review about it. And I'm no more likely on that episode to say this is bad than if I got a bottle sent to me. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I think it's really important you're talking about because I've had it where take it to like the industry side of opening a new bottle or trying something for the first time where I've been out with reps who are like, oh yeah, I'm really excited to try this. I haven't tried it yet. I'm like, you haven't tried the whiskey you're doing a work with, with a work with the brand, um, the day until the, literally the first bar manager we're sitting in front of is tasting it for the first time as well. <laughs> like, 
what if you don't like it? Now, I, I, I love Star Wars. I love everything we produce. I've never had anything that I have not liked. I pretty much have loved everything we've ever produced. But it's like, what if your palate doesn't like single malts, doesn't like wine? Right. And all of a sudden, you taste this the first time, and you don't enjoy it, and that expression's on your face. It's <laughs> not coming through your words, but it is on your face, because we yeah. all can tell that. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and so I, I, I have always, I always like watching the, uh, the fresh pops because I'm always interested. Like, I watch your face, like, yeah, because see if you like how much you so, really are into yeah. that whiskey. There was one I the last, the last one I did, um, I Sealbox, which I really like, great, uh-huh. great company, great online retailer, sent me. They're doing their own private uh, labels now. They sent me batch one of their private reserve. Mm. And I, the first pour I had of it, I was like, oh shit, like yeah. this is like, really? it really dried out my palate. It mm. was really, it wasn't astringent, but like it sucked like all the moisture out of my mouth. And I do not like that. Like pencil lead? Whiskey. <laughs> sort of like pencil shavings type of, type of thing. Like sucking on a branch. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and you can, you can watch the video and I was like, oh, this is kind of dry. Like, huh. this is, you know. But then, you know, it oh, sat in the glass and I had it the second time and it totally started to change in the glass. And I was like, okay, I can see like this whiskey is changing. Like it's going to be a, a complex uh-huh. pour. Like it's it's good. It's, it's improving. And I think probably as this bottle is open and as like I drink this after I'm off of this live, it's probably going to be... Uh, a lot better pour than that first initial impression. But I said flat out, I was like, oh, that's, that's dry. Like it's, and that's not my thing really. But, um, do you think it's becoming, is whiskey Instagram, the industry itself of whiskey, is it becoming too overwhelming? Um, is there too much new product out there? Kind of phrase it in that way to keep up with, with everything that's going on. It is hard to keep up with, for sure. I guess it's hard to keep um, up with like certain just houses. I mean, yeah, there there is. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of brands that are putting out you know a number of releases every year, under you know a bourbon, under a rye, under a finish, and they're doing you know a lot of different things. So it is hard to keep up. I don't know that it's. I mean, these brands are trying to to innovate and mm-hmm. and so they should right i think it's cool i think there's really interesting things happening i think there's also some things happening that are getting way ridiculous and out of hand mm-hmm. with especially the finishing things yeah. that are happening right now well, i think it's a conversation that we had with sean about it all yeah a couple months ago exactly yeah it goes back to that for sure finishing yeah it goes back to that <laughs> we all listen to that episode yeah. with Sean. you should go back and listen to that yeah oh i've, I've listened to it that's what i was saying <laughs> <laughs> you download every episode though i do download every, every episode that's for sure yeah i mean i i feel like i mean if we want to go down the the finishing rabbit hole let's do it can, um, oh boy then let's go down the rabbit hole rabbit hole. get out <laughs> They're, get out your pitchforks. Yeah, get out your pitchforks. You know, but that's so funny. It's like so much of the internet is like, hey, all, we're all going to, we all have one interest. We're all going to 
come to this uh, come to this one spot of the internet and like burn a witch because we all are <laughs> we're hey spaghetti fans let's all get mm. together and like sh- shit on Barilla for yeah, like right. a couple days yeah um and that's you know uh, really quick we'll get to the finishing rabbit hole Will too we? sweet no probably not but um you know it's funny like ten years ago Chris. If you were doing your, mm. I'm just going to call it a show because yeah, that's what yeah, I treat yeah, it like. Yeah. If you were doing your show, it would have been on YouTube and the level of interaction that people and brands would have is just leaving a comment. Right. It wouldn't even like get to you. You, you suck. Yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> of course, now people can like DM you and stuff. And if it was like 20 years ago, Chris, Chris, you, you would have, you would have had a WGN show, you know, <laughs> and no, there, it would have been even less removed, yeah. you know, or a chat room or, or <laughs> the urban bourbonist chat room. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, those, I, I feel like those are sort of coming back though with like the discords. Oh and, yeah. Like, that's all a good that point. Kind of oh, true. Stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, Reddit like kind days. of basically is a message yeah. board. Yeah. Seriously, very yeah. true. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's just so funny how like the, the wall has gotten thinner and thinner and mm. thinner. And now it you're has. like, you're at such a weird time for your like Instead brand of attacking brands. Brand of they show. attack you. Yeah. Like now you're an open target. I guess. Oh, yeah. I've had plenty of oh, shade thrown my way too. And uh, same. I, I get, I mean, I, I ask get, for it usually yeah. when I, I'm kind of asking for it, but oh well. Weird. Everyone likes me. So, anyways, let's get into <laughs> rabbit hole. Yeah, let's get into rabbit hole. They did definitely change their names of all their products, huh? Like it's like I, a, I don't want to remember done rabbit hole, rabbit hole, the Derringer or whatever, yeah. or Cave Hill. Yeah, yeah, that's fine, right? It's um, super clear. You need to <laughs> you need to talk to the other Perno rep um, that is also on this podcast a lot. Who's that? Callum. Oh right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh yeah you know how close have i ever told a story about how my my uh blazer caught on fire at rabbit holes booth one time at an event no and you never will so chris i have another question for you let's go down the rabbit hole of finishes no i want to hear how how you uh burst in the flames no okay another episode so yeah uh, wine fin- <laughs> wine finished bourbon. I do think it just like too much of a sweet on sweet kind of thing, and so much so that I mean bourbon sweet, dessert wine, sherry port, I, Madeira, no, I, they're I, all sweet. I, I laugh because we have one of yours sitting right in front of us. Totally, yeah. yeah. And uh, so, How, so I let me comment on that one. Please, yes, 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 huh. you mentioned that the barrels were super dry, and I think that the Madeira probably. And the reason you probably put it in the Madeira barrels is to correct that. And you can, and I don't know if it's just because you put it in my head, because that was the first time I tried it. Um, a fresh pop. Yes. <laughs> you can tell that that whiskey is dry. Yeah. Like it, yeah. it, it punches through the Madeira, but I can, but the Madeira is calming that down for sure. And adding like that, a little bit of sweetness and fruit back into that. Those barrels, if, Blom Brothers would have re- would have put those out as single barrels or even as a batch. I mean, people would have bought it. Oh yeah, the old twelve year age reputation, old old you know old fangled on the on the label. Yeah, but that would not have been a good batch of yeah. whiskey. And we and we've had barrels too that um, we've had to kind of hide in the blend. 
that kind of offered oh, yeah. something else in the batch, you know, that w- yeah. had those qualities. That's, yeah, and goes, I think those batches ended up on kind of towards the bottom of people's like personal mm-hmm. rankings. But also, it's the whole another art of distilling right that there. That is true. Or, or owning a distillery yeah, yeah. is the blending process. Yeah, but I'm also like, a conversation with Sean Joseph. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I love that episode. God, I fucking, I'm all about Sean <laughs> Joseph. This is that episode. Yeah, it, it, it is. Um, I remember being surprised by it about two months ago, three months ago, the first time I had it with mm-hmm. you. On the podcast where I talked it about it. It wasn't on the reading. podcast. <laughs> It was in the ba- it was, it was at, in the stock room. It was room. at GNS Merc. I remember seeing you boasting about it. Yeah, um, we did record a podcast there the next week. Yeah, you if weren't you there. So. You weren't there. No. Um, was George on it? No, George just sat back and talked to people in the background. Didn't want to cool. come. Didn't want to come on the mics. Got it. Um, but it, it was. That, that that spice and that blackberryness that kind of comes right before the finish. It's like the last punch of the palate, and then it does dry off really quickly. Um, I see, like I get your like sucking on a branch comment or like lead pencil kind of comment to that. Um, sitting there in study hall in the ninth grade and you're yeah. just kind of chewing on a pencil because you're so bored. And I was I was just shocked by it because all the old fangles I've had in the past been special enough to uh, or opportunistic enough to try some of the private things that you guys have at your distillery too that are amazing i i really enjoy this whiskey but it, it is is it a reflection of blum bros product overall on a daily basis different question um not with our track record but as you see kind of like the direction we're going mm. with you know what is your track record more of like a sprinter long distance i um marathon i'm like um I'm doing the I'm doing the shot put, but mm. somehow I I hit myself in the balls with the shot. And put. you came late, but won the gold medal, but then had it stripped days later because I, you were late to the event. It, I'm like I'm like having a nice stroll mm. uh, in a field, and I get hit in the ja- with a javelin, just mm. like the javelin goes right through my leg. Did you ever watch Will and Grace? No. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know we. Um, you'll see a lot more finished stuff out of us. So we did the really? we did the Galena Reserve series, which was three seventy five milliliter releases at the distillery. Mm-hmm. Those were in our early days. Yeah, two thousand fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. I'd say the last ones probably were on sale at the end of two thousand seventeen. Do you think that this barrel needed a finish to yes. be on the shelf? Yes. Okay. To be to be good enough for to be good enough for us. Yes, it mm-hmm. it needed it needed I, something. Just from base your description of it, yeah. and then tasting it after you described it, I think totally like yeah. I I can see why it went into a finish because yeah I think we're similar to we don't want to be dried out immediately too yeah it's no. an unpleasant I mean some people like it some people do yeah. I do not like that quality no me neither they're, um, called, they're called Merlot fans no yes <laughs> so um but. <laughs> Because of our influence from Scotch, mm. we have been big fans of finishing stuff. We've for that Galena Reserve series, we did Madeira finish, we did uh, PX Sherry finish, we did this and that. So you'll see that you'll see those releases not become flagship, mm-hmm. but more widely available. Yeah, I, I wonder. The Blom Brothers distillate. Yes. Or, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I do wonder about that, where people have that influence of Scotland and what they've done. Obviously, Callum working for Abelauer, mm-hmm. that's such a heavy wine influence when it comes to whiskey and barrel aging. 
and then Americans doing it over here, taking those techniques or recognizing the techniques that happen across the pond and implementing it into their own distillery. But is it is it needed? Is it necessary for every distillery? Because I know a lot of distilleries that started and their ethos is they don't want to recreate scotch. They don't want to recreate bourbon. They don't want to create rye. They want to do something of their own. Right. But And consumers don't want to drink everyone's every little person's singular vision you know that's the and that's the problem that's the problem yeah. so it, it becomes that push subcategories and pull. over subcategories yes it becomes that push or pull where you uh, i mean whiskey's so labor intensive you can't be like a film director and be like wow oh, one for the studios one for me you know you have to give people what that's they called expect. the matt the matt damon initiative the man, who who is that scorsese who would do one for me one for you or tarantino or I'm something i'm pretty sure that was one of the big boys ben affleck ben affleck <laughs> who fleck who fleck um well, so all those pictures of him with like dunkin donuts outside of his I, a house I've or whatever it's never, all stage right never seen him. it's for his character i haven't like, seen a celebrity oh, picture since i don't know you like nom okay I got some for you. You might be interested in. <laughs> but Chris, what was the rabbit hole you wanted to jump down with finishes? I can't remember if we've <laughs> talked about this a, a lot on the Keen Lake podcast previously, but it's possible. The trend of finishing is getting like really, really ridiculous yeah. in my opinion. Like, I, I won't name the brand, but I will name a product that they put out today, and people can probably Uh-oh. figure it out. Mm. A street bourbon whiskey finished in caramel barrels. First off, does caramel go into a barrel? Isn't caramel just cooking sugar until it turns brown mm-hmm. and then like... You wrap I, I, it in a you wrap it in a plastic paper and you say here's a caramel. So it was a straight bourbon whiskey finished in caramel barrels and so was it put into toasted a pot? oak toasted oak. So of course mm-hmm. the toasted trend as I'm we've talked about that as I'm rolling my eyes the uh, it was a toasted trend a toasted barrel and then a caramel barrel. Hmm. Fuck me if I know what a caramel barrel is. <laughs> I, I don't. mean, I don't. Wouldn't think you think that's that a thing? Caramel but... would take like sh- little slivers of wood into it, and like, how do you get caramel out of a barrel? That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, you have to like, like scrape slowly, it all. I mean, yeah. yeah. Like, so my I... family makes caramel. Yeah, and of course they do. Yeah, they're Italian. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's an Italian thing, but they are. <laughs> no, okay. um, but yeah, my family's made caramel. Do for... they put it in barrels? Hey, they... uh, Jake, you want some of caramel? That's <laughs> how my grandpa used to talk to me. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I have, a t- I have a story in a bit about an Italian accent. Well, I'll just tell it now. So um... I think this is turning into a three-hour episode of Kansas. <laughs> We haven't hit an hour yet. Also, okay, I'll but... say this about finishing. I, I, I truly think some distilleries uh, are having... Hiding the flaws of the whiskey? I think there's that too, but I think it's even more cynical that they, mm. for their shareholders, or they'll look good to um, buyouts or anything, they just want to have more SKUs on the shelf. They so literally like big, just want to have brand blocking. Bigger brands, you mean? 
or or smaller brands even are just like they but think not, they think the uh the investment is mm. good enough to like be like hey look at all the stuff that we're selling and it might not be translating into pure profits but if they can get a two-year-old bourbon out that's been finished in a butthole are you talking uh, about Koval? You know? um, no i'm i'm talking about like people just like one br- they find it they they have crunched the numbers and they think a brand blocking a huge space on the shelf regardless of how good it is is worth is worth the time yeah i mean yeah. i think they a lot of these places are looking at the trends they're looking at what are people talking about on on social media and they jump onto the trend like okay so we've got you know all these barrels aging and it looks like people are buying toasted barrel mm. and so let's you know, let's grab a couple barrels and we'll toast them and we'll throw some of this whiskey in there for who knows how long. And we'll put it out as a toasted release and people will eat it up. People will buy it and we're going to make money and we're just going to ride this trend until Mm -hmm. the next one. And there's a brand riding the trend of of the toasted, of the... You... I mean... Seriously, name the finish. This brand is putting it out. And there's no possible way. There's no possible way that um, they can be finishing the whiskey for Chris a is gonna text me this. extended, <laughs> extended this period of time. Yeah. So we, we this talk- is kind of like a yeah. thing that I've, I've had many conversations with many people about this. Mm. I've, I've sought out... Um, basically people in the industry to give me their opinion on this trend. Right. And, you know, because I I'm seeing it, I'm like, there just can't, the people just can't be doing this. What would be considered like a really a proper finish to a whiskey. And believe me, I don't have the answers to what that, what that time is Mm. in a barrel, but I've asked a ton of people real people who are doing the work in the industry that I've been able to connect with over the, over the years. And a lot of those people will say, listen, that's they're People are riding a trend. They're, mm-hmm. they're not totally. doing it right. They yep. are, there's no possible way they're doing it in a way that would actually really influence the whiskey. Yeah, be prevalent in flavor. But, you know, it's just the thing. It, it's the same thing as like, when bourbon comes off a still, you can put it into a charred oak bucket. As soon as it hits the bucket, it's bourbon. Mm-hmm. If that's a newly charred oak, oak container, yeah, whatever container yeah. it is, that's bourbon. So there's no regulation on what is a finish. Right. Yeah, totally. You can dump it into a toasted barrel and dump it right out and say, hey, it's a toasted finish. There's unwritten baseball rules, if you will, yeah. of finishing. but And I seriously feel like there are a few brands out there that are almost quite literally doing that, dumping it into X barrel, dumping it out and saying, oh, it's a toasted coconut finish. Sure. A toasted coconut rum finish. Oh. Oh, it sounds delicious. Yeah. And that's going to sell whiskey for sure. They yeah. put a real beautiful label on it with nice colors that are kind of harkening back to what you would like a tropical theme. Mm. Mm. And I just, I feel like it's getting really ridiculous. And 
I don't know. Yeah. That's my, that's my thing. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's just, it, it can't be, be, it can't be, you can't pump out these finishes. There's just no yeah. possible way. Well, and I think it kind of goes back to that question I asked you 20, 30 minutes ago is do you have fatigue on Instagram? You know, it's that relates to it because there's so much going out there and it's not even about trying it. It's just the headache of keeping up with it. And then also processing is it even relevant or important to even understand what some of these distilleries are so-called doing with their whiskey at the end of the day and having conversations about it, maintaining some sort of relationship with the brand and then the engaging with people online too. Is it even worth your time? And then it kind of, for me, I kind of get back into this existential question of why am I, why am I even so dedicated to whiskey? Like yeah. why, why, why am I so, I have such passionate feelings about it where I released like this, podcast is calling out people last week pretty much (laughs) well i think it uh i think it's indicative of some deep mental uh (laughs) disorder that you have i do have that and possibly i don't know some trauma i don't know did a brick fall on your head when you were younger i had multiple concussions as a child so and that's been matt's cte corner thank (laughs) you for tuning in and thanks for uh, to my guests jake and chris we'll see like and subscribe and uh this is part of the abortion podcast god <laughs> no, it's we'll see you all next week. Hit stop. Hit stop record. <laughs> We're done. It's good. No, I f- I agree with you, Jake. Like, why do I even care about right? The, the like, why do I even care? about these that these places are just pumping out these finishes with all these crazy yeah. names, and why do I care? I don't know why I care. I just feel like it's because it, it makes it less fun. The whole yeah, thing. Yeah, like, people are just doing it as fast as they can so cynically like you know that they're not like super pleased with these flavors you know they're not pumped to own a bottle of their own coconut no rum they're just putting it out just to be able to make a, a fast buck and i i don't know why i care i just feel like it's it's just it's like putting out a faulty product like right. anything that i would buy yeah like right. if i bought a pair of shoes that you know had these great springs or whatever, and it was supposed to make me run faster. And then like jump higher after. Yeah. And then after three days of using it, like the springs pop out of the bottom of the shoes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that's sort of what's happening with whiskey. It's just like inauthentic. um, It's inauthentic. And I like authentic things. I guess that's a great way to put it. Like I do not like inauthenticity. You know, uh, I have a, my daughter's almost three. We watch. You're a kid. Yeah. <laughs> Believe it or not. Um, so. Did you mate with somebody? Yes, I did. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's fun, huh? Uh, no, not really. I regret all of my <laughs> past interruptions. You know, we watch, uh, you know, kids shows and stuff. And mm-hmm. there are some there's some great, like, children's television out there. Like, there's a pretty recent Mickey Mouse cartoon that's a lot of fun. That reminds me of, like. Ren and Stimpy, except not disgusting. <laughs> or like Bluey, it's an Australian uh, cartoon about uh, blue healers. Like there, uh, there's some great children stuff out there. And then we watch this shit like PJ Masks and Puppy Dog Pals that you can tell the computer animation is like, it looks like a CD-ROM game made for Space <laughs> Jam or made for like Toy Story 1 that came out in 1996. It's so bad. And the jokes in it are just, they're not jokes. It all, the only jokes are like, um, so that just happened. Yeah. Like these super wrought 
jokes that were like funny from like a Marvel movie that came out like 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, it gets me so frustrated because it's like, man, you, you spend the energy to make a product. You could at least spend the energy to make one that you like yourself or that you think is good. But when you see, when you can kind of sense the gears turning towards just like spitting out like something that you think, think will be the bare minimum to mm-hmm. get a sale it's just intensely frustrating it's yeah. like why kids it's like why like grumpy teens don't like pop music it's because they start or a lot of them you know right some of them no, I, they I, start to relatable. see kind of like hey man like you made this super bland pop music instead of making something that could have been good and interesting so I like what, what's the fucking yeah. point at that and, right and, and why and if that's selling like why am i even bothering like w- w- why can't my brain be broken and smooth and be okay with <laughs> pumping out some stupid fucking shit you well know? i think because you know the makers that, that you you talk about passion behind building yeah. anything and i sitting here pondering about inauthenticity and why we get so built up about it and emotional about it is because we, I, we even know- even simple sorry no, this no, is no, my no. last thing because no, i'm, I'm, I'm losing i'm really losing it i'm standing up i have the mic in my hand i'm thrashing <laughs> around jake's house throwing lamps around but it's like it's a long cord e- even simpler than that like you want to put your head down at the end of the night on your pillow and like think that you didn't waste your whole fucking time mm. alive <laughs> you know like yeah. There's a certain point where you're not a promising young man anymore. Like, mm. none of us are. Well, I don't know how old you are, Chris. But, like, <laughs> me and Jake, like, we're into our, like, mid-early 30s or whatever. You're we're the youngest not... person here. So. I'm significantly older than both of you. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay, cool. You're, you're the youngest person here. Okay, got it. Yeah. So, but, like, it's, like, that whole thing of, like, well, I'm done fucking around. Like, mm. I want I want to actually be proud of what I do day to day. And, like... You do that, and then you see some of the the shit that just get rolled out for mass consumption, and it's hard not to take it personally. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, I think it's wonderful, wonderfully put. I, I agree with you. Of going back to, I'm gonna put my clothes back on now. <laughs> Thank you. Please do. We don't want to see that. We don't want to see your cord dragging across the. <laughs> <laughs> it gets back though. I, I like what you said about being an angsty teen, like your bands. It, it, it's almost like you feel your bands are selling out to you specifically. And when also you hear, totally. yeah, when you hear, I remember hearing, do you know the band transplants? No, they're Travis Barker's band. That he, okay. Yeah. But it was sure. like with, um, uh, Tim Armstrong as well from rancid. Okay. Yeah. Ah, so I you're like, that being yeah, cool. it was really, really great. It made two albums and all of a sudden they were on like a car commercial in the background. Their music was, and you're like, these are like, Two of the most punk rock guys. Well, I mean, Blink One Eight Two is what it is what it, it is what it is. But Tim Armstrong, like Branson, never made such, like huge popular success at all. But also, you hear it on the, in the back of like a Honda commercial or whatever. It's weird. No, it's a shampoo commercial. Yeah, and I'm it's like, weird. This song's about like literally gang violence. Yeah, and, it sucks. <laughs> yeah, and you feel you feel personally offended, personally attacked, and personally let down. And I think it's kind of where I'm getting like right now with with whiskey and even relating back to like all these tape scenes we're talking about and this, um, not even, we haven't really even discussed, I guess the virtual community that much and all, but, but, um, like right now I have this problem where I feel like brands are being inauthentic, but I also feel like people that are, 
portraying themselves as these whiskey lovers and community builders are also very inauthentic. I mean, there are uh, so many people are just looking for the likes. Yeah. And the, the little endorphin. Yeah. yeah. And it's not chasing. That's and, what it's called. And, but like the whiskey community isn't even like a huge place to gather followers. Like overall for social media. I mean, like it is within the community of the uh, whatever whiskey, Instagram, whiskey, social media. But it's like right now we have people, a part of this community who are very active and um, really great at time at times, not at times, but at just overall as human beings. And they like need your help with hurricane Ida and they're helping out their communities that way. Hmm. And here we are as a podcast and with brands that give away like all of these tastings to people for free we never charge them because we use our budgets built into the brand um into the podcast to do it mm-hmm. that way which is really cool for our, our bosses allow us to do that mm-hmm. and i've had this you know like existential angst about is keen lake becoming star ward or vice versa because it's kind of crossing over that way sure. or even avalauer in that sense sure do a lot of work or union horse too and you know we're doing <clears throat> not blum brothers okay they've actually paid me what? Yeah. <laughs> the brothers pay me. But we, we have this crisis going on across America, and there's a lot of things to be angry about and a lot of things to resolve, but we thought we could do it this way, and Chris has already done it his own way um, with raising money and support for victims of Hurricane Ida. But we asked people to make a $20 donation to a tasting, and we have like 14 people signed up. Where we At this point, two, uh, two days into it, we'd have probably like 400 to 500 entries into a giveaway contest. Yep. Um, and you're like, you, you, you can't do $20 for five samples of whiskey and hanging out with people for a couple hours. Not that I'm anybody important, but you can also hang out with like a person from the distillery. Right. Like I'm nothing, I'm no one special whatsoever, but it's like, I, here's a way we can like give back. And then like the dancing goat guys were like, Hey, we'll match the $500 donation. Right. It's like, you don't have to do that guys. Like, no, we want to like, this is a way we can, we didn't know how to help, but here's a way to help. Yeah. I mean, I feel like true colors come out yeah. and, and, I don't, don't get not, me wrong. Like not, people have their people yes. have their they charitable yes. um, places that they want to, and they could have already donated two hundred dollars for I know exactly, yeah, exactly, and that's that's totally understandable. You know, people want to direct their money to yep. whatever charitable causes are close to them, but I mean, you're right. Like you have a situation like this, and normally there'd be people just coming out of the woodwork right looking for that to, to try for, three barrel yeah. picks and the ginger beer cast yeah like looking for that yeah. that uh, tasting and and now it's like 14 yeah and one person asked me can you give me all this stuff for a giveaway because i have seven thousand followers now and i'm like sure this is before i posted the idea of the of or i had the idea before i posted about the tasting for um hurricane relief and I was like, yeah, I have like t-shirts and hats and maybe you can throw a bottle in there. Didn't say I was gonna throw a bottle in there. I text him what I'm going to give him. And he's like, no bottle. I literally gave you two t-shirts, a hat, a tote, stickers, pins, all this stuff. Not asking. I'm also going to ship it because I'm going to pay for the shipping too. Right. Which, you know, 10, 12 bucks, whatever. No big deal. But like the arrogance to ask for that. But then I tag you in a post about helping other people and you don't even respond to it. Like, come on. Like we're, 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 it is, it gets back to all this inauthentic bullshit, clout chasing, people being online, finding popularity within this niche that they they can attach onto. But when you're called out to be actual community member, you fail upon that. And not saying, and like you said, other people could donate whatever they want to, 
and all this. Maybe I honestly, some but, people might not have twenty dollars to donate. Sure. But, yeah. Yeah. But if you're out there and you're posting bottles of Weller Twelve every day, and you can't like not even say like, hey man, like here's twenty bucks for the cause. Like, I don't even have to be a part of the tasting, or I can. I'm actually doing this. I'm giving my money in this way or showing my support in that way understand it but i did i it, it feels very disappointing right now sitting where we're at and not because we only have 14 people signed up for a tasting or whatever the number is um it's just it's sad to see you want to help out and reach people that you consider friends in this online forum but really aren't um giving back i guess no i you know I, i'm I, actually I, calling you out i'll give you 20 bucks <laughs> chris, chris can i borrow 20 bucks? can you put yes. it in can you put it inside my pants yeah here you go. Scoop. All coins, baby. Oh. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, you know, and it comes back to like, it, yeah, people disappoint you. It's tough. I, I try to think of like, no one's really, they're, they're, no one's really good or bad or whatever. Mm. It's just like, at the end of the day, like we're all just kind Trying. of incompetent dummies. Yeah, And absolutely. we're just like looking out for ourselves, and it might be like, yeah, a, I mean, there might be people who just feel awkward about it because, like, they're like, oh, I I didn't know I had to give back. Like, I just thought this yeah. was, like, I just thought, like, I could kind of plumb this community for a while and, like, mm-hmm. be part of it because everyone has FOMO to a certain extent. Like, I didn't know this was going to be it. And, well, I mean, then you probably won't have very many friends in this in this in real life friends from this mm-hmm. when it all like kind mm-hmm. of dries up that could be fine yeah you know yeah, and that, then you'll have to learn then that's when you'll learn like oh, i kind of what spent a bunch of money and wasted a bunch of time and like i have all these bottles of whiskey now like what the fuck do i do like that's what i do wonder i'm like what do they do with the whiskey at the end of the day like do you actually even drink whiskey you know, I have I have a I have a really good cell phone that I use to take pictures and all this fucking whiskey. Like, what am I supposed to do? And I think that's you know your own little hell that you ha- just have to kind of deal with. Yeah, and maybe there are probably people that are like that for sure. Yeah. Oh, and I maybe, know. We know them. I, like I, we've met them too. Yeah. Like we we know that they're out there. I and I I've been asking myself this and strumming it through my head. Maybe I am wrong for immersing myself as a brand ambassador, as a distillery person into the online. Maybe it's just for fans. Maybe it's not for people who work in the industry. Maybe it's for people who are outside of it and it's their control over the bottles at the end of the day they get from the distilleries. And we have no place in it other than when they invite us to do a tasting or an event and we speak with them uh, through smaller correspondences i guess yeah no i i get what you're saying but also like i guess it is we're, we're pod- fans of it too like we're right, consumers like right. we deserve a place in it as much as anyone especially you uh you know what <laughs> i've been saying this and i think i'm special um <laughs> me that. personally and i think that i should have a thousand followers do you want a trophy yeah. yeah yeah i think i do yeah you can take that thing i'm not sure what it is this uh this this poster right here this poster of the 1996 Chicago Bulls. You really want to part with this? It's game time. <laughs> okay. Well, I guess I'll take it. I, it's Ooh. nice. I'll put it in my basement. You notice the autograph up there? Whose autograph is that? The MJ. <laughs> oh, Michael Jackson. You had Michael Jackson autograph. Yeah. A 1996 Bulls poster. That's... Scotty Pippen. Okay, whatever. Actually, your bosses did promise me Scotty Pippen on the podcast. I bet they promise a lot of things, my <laughs> man. W- welcome to the club. <laughs> 
But I do you think? I mean, maybe it is like a question of do we even belong in the discussion of fans being? I mean, we are fans. But yeah, we, absolutely. Hmm. Do brands belong in the discussion? Is is what? Like, you're do we saying? need to have a voice on Instagram? Like, when it comes to the, I don't know. Need to is kind of you know, I, I, it's not about deserve or need. Like, we exist. Like, we should be able to. Yeah, and people yeah, talk I about mean, we there can't. would be no whiskey community without the whiskey that the brands are producing. So I think there's a certainly a place for the brands to have a voice and. Um, I don't want to let those little freaks well, dictate the I'm, conversation. Maybe I mean those it in this little, fashion of like filthy, of dirty having a podcast freaks. and having like having a a whiskey devoted page to um, to all brands. It's just, I, I bet it is confusing when people are like wait you work for a brand but you post out other brands all the time. I'm sure I've, people have asked me about it. I fortunately have a boss who's very cool. Another distillery I was I was once um, interviewing for said so I would have to shut down the podcast. They wouldn't let me do it, and I'm like, well. This, this interview's over, but yeah, um, yeah I, I don't know. It, it, it's there. I think about it probably way too much. I think you do. I mean, I've heard you mention it, uh, you know, a lot, but I think you're a person beyond a Star Wars rep. Mm, so it's a good point. I mean, you're you should be able to, and of course, there's companies that don't believe this, but you should be able to have your personal life and your personal opinions that are separate from you know what you're doing as a, a star Wars ambassador hmm. i think but and i think there's a place for that for sure yeah yeah i guess you're right i know you're conflicted you're conflicted <laughs> about it a lot but i don't think you need to be okay. yeah i think you're overthinking it i think if people are confused about your motivation or whatever they need to stop worrying about it too <laughs> Yeah, Quite and, frankly, and they, they haven't they listened just, to this podcast. If true. They're, if yeah, they're, that's a good point, If they're too. thinking there's some sort of conflict of interest, there it certainly isn't. We, there, yeah, there is going to be no 151 episode of the Keen Lake. I'm just... We're, we're actually... <laughs> that's why, invi- this this is why I invited good. you guys yeah. here today. This is pretty good This episode. is a funeral, actually. It wasn't even that weird. Um, uh, so, <laughs> you know, if... Put your pants back on. One of the things... Uh, okay, slip. Ooh, they're tight. Um, yeah, I mean, one of the things too about like social media is like, because everyone has like a post history and you can go back through it or whatever, there's some kind of thing of like people like get weirded out if there's not like consistency or whatever. They're like, Hey, you said this one thing this other time and not like this other thing. It's like, dude, relax. Like my opinions can change all the time. Like we don't have a... We you don't shouldn't be married to him. No, we don't ha- put a premium on like our ability to like change our mind. You, it has to be like set in stone right. nowadays. I'm a human sucks, being. Dude. Like yeah, right, I exactly. live my life, and depending on what's happening in my life, things change. And totally. I hope over two or three years, whatever it might be, how far your feed stretches, stretches back, that you do change. You have yeah. a personality right. that adjusts or is ever totally. ever. Uh, growing just from being educated in life. Hey, one may one day I may come around to caramel barrel finished whiskey. Well, I mean, hmm. come on, guys! We'll I, have, I have something in my basement for you. Oh no, <laughs> caramel! <laughs> the famous Hucky family caramel. Palestrini, actually. Palestrini caramel. You think so, you think Hucky's Italian? No, uh, I don't know. I I I think any name could be from anywhere. Wow. <laughs> so, um, God. Oh, uh, what was I going to say? <laughs> eh, it doesn't matter. No, really, really. Well, uh, uh, Ralph Walder Emerson said uh, mm. that uh, uh, w- 
we should all be able to hold two truths in our head at the same time. Right. You know, two conflicting truths. Uh, That's like the mark of like being human. Like, but now because everyone's so, uh, uh, especially online is so uh, Mm. on edge to like point out hypocrisy. It's like, it's, it's annoying. Like Mm. you think you have to be consistent all the time, dude. Like, People p- pointing out hypocrisy is the stupidest thing ever. Who who had is, is is there like a stock exchange for hypocrisy? Like who cares? Like everyone says one thing and does another. Like yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's good. Everyone just needs to chill out uh, and just like I don't enjoy, know if enjoy it. Yeah, everyone just needs to chill out and enjoy Chris's Instagram. Yes. And not be up in arms <laughs> and that's... try to figure it out. I don't think there's a lot of rage of against cross pages of Instagram. Is there? I mean, you probably I, you're more well, maybe not. You're not as active right now, but um, I don't. I mean, I definitely see you know people. How do I put it? Jockeying for their like position. Mm. Yeah, yeah, you know, and it's sometimes it gets weird. And I don't know. I feel like we all have, there's room for everyone to, mm-hmm. to be on social media, specifically Instagram That's for and, sure. and, and to do what you do, whatever you're going to do. And honestly, I don't, I do things that I like. I, I don't really take into consideration what someone else is doing. If I'm going to post something or, you know, whatever I'm going to do on social media. And Mm I, I feel like if everyone just did that and like did things that pleased them, then everyone is going to be fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, right. It's all going to be cool. Just don't hurt people. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I feel the same way about the podcast. Like people are like, Oh, why don't you have this person on that person? I'm like, cause they aren't going to be in Chicago. They don't live in Chicago. I'm not going to be in their hometown. Like I, we did the whole zoom thing for a while there when we had to and it was fine because i did it with mostly people i know if there's only a couple i didn't know going into the podcast beforehand and i think there's nothing against them but i don't think it was the right decision for like what this podcast holds true to when it's just this free-flowing conversation that is based around whiskey will tangentially reach out to other corners of whatever as we've displayed here today. Today has gone in <laughs> um, many directions. Yeah. And um I'm always on topic, baby. You are, baby. Put your pants back on. Um, oh, they fell down. Yeah. How do these tight leather pants keep on falling down? I don't know. You're like Ross on Friends. Can I borrow a belt? Yeah. Hey, but, uh, Ross and uh, what's his uh, sister's name? Monica? Mm-hmm. They had a lot of chemistry. Why didn't they ever hook up? <laughs> Um, it's been a so great this show has today. Been <laughs> the Key in the Lake podcast, the prim, premier uh, whiskey league. podcast. The now premier with league whiskey podcast. Now with the Whiskey League in the name. I've been Jake and Chris and Matt. It's only been me. Ha ha. See you, see you next time. You done? Hit stop. <laughs> oh, let's go. Wrap it up. I don't really know where to go from there. Chris, do you have any, I, I any think, thoughts, I, insights? I think, that's a good, I think that's a good place to end. And, and thanks again for having me on.